Merry Christmas. Classic, not even planned. Oh, good. Merry Christmas, Lloyd. How are you? Merry Christmas, Rob. Oh, I'm so good. This is a very special episode. Well, not that special. It seems to be going perfectly normal right now. And shockingly, as always. It is the unintelligent chat show Christmas episode. Yes, it is. Um, And it's unintelligent Christmas because we're recording it near Christmas and we don't actually care when you listen to it. Yeah, it'll probably be released next year sometime. Next (laughs) year being this year for you because it'll already be next year. If ever. Who knows? It is exciting. So we've got lots of fun things lined up. Yes, we do. (laughs) We do. And we've put an extra special effort. If you want to, if you're just listening to the audio, you can, I assume, on YouTube, watch this episode and see our beautiful faces and all the effort we put in to our studios. And it will be a little longer. There will be some bonus things. Bonus things. Yep. Might might cut some stuff in the audio that made it to the video. Great great idea. Yeah. Check the video. It's going to be fun. If you got this far into the season, we applaud you. You're the only one. <laughs> did it. Just Thanks, you- Mom. You did it. <laughs> it was quite good. Another poor Welsh accent. Also, we're, we're both on each other's fire duty. We both have candles behind us. Yes. Near flammable things. This is also a very, very dead tree. <laughs> it's essentially kindling at this point. <laughs> Straight so, kindling. This, well, yeah. it's right in the Christmas spirit. So, you're drinking eggnog and brandy. I've got some in the fridge, and coincidentally, it's going to be my first ever eggnog. Oh, wow. I can't wait. Well, and this is like my third, so it's pretty <laughs> Today. <fresh. laughs> yeah. Feeling great. It's uh, not even 8 a.m. Have a great time. <laughs> Good. Uh, amazing. And I'm looking forward to that. I didn't invest in any additional alcohol, though, so I'm just going to be mixing it with the whiskey I had in the cabinet. It's like any brand I bought liquor, the right? brandy because... Uh, Mum's recipes for mince pies mm. Mm. call for brandy. Oh, oh yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sham. Thank you. Well, <laughs> <To> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, is there a reason that we're not in the same studio? There is, Lloyd. Uh, it's because it's I didn't really didn't want to see you today. Uh, no, we are eons apart. Almost on opposite sides of the globe. I am in Perth, Western Australia. You are in... Is it is it snowy yet? Are you in snowy Boston, Massachusetts? I'm in... I was going to say cold. It's quite warm today. It's yeah. like 15, 16... Warm. I say warm. Warm for Massachusetts in December. But that we're is, getting snow on, on Saturday. Ah, so good. You got to have that white Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but I actually don't... I can't... I, I, I'm struggling to quantify, obviously. Well, I can give you the distance, Rob. If you could. That would be yeah. much appreciated. It's thirty-seven million three hundred and ninety thousand mince pies. <laughs> uh, based off correct mince pie measurement from a, a real sample. Yeah, this well, real and correct are very loose terms, but based off my mince pies, correct that may be the wrong size. Real and correct. Say the number again. It's a lot of mince pies. Thirty-seven million three hundred ninety thousand. <laughs> I couldn't even eat. I couldn't even make a dent in that. I do love mince pies, though. So good. So, I mean, that's excellent and Christmas-themed, but it is basically zero segue. Uh, so, I'm actually quite disappointed. Well, your fact is 
Christmassy. <laughs> Aren't both of them, Lloyd? Yes, because it's Christmas episode. Everything is a segue. <laughs> to everything else. Would you like to know what I learned about this Christmas, I guess? Lay it on me. So Christmas is uh, often quite a joyous time with lots of, you know, pretty happy characters and children and mildly stressed adults. Uh, but I wanted to explore the spooky side of Christmas. That's uh, very well done. Thank you. Uh, because the chubby, cheery, white-bearded, red-coated, Coca-Cola-invented Santa gets a little old. Despite definitely being real and the truth. Heavy insinuation there that he was invented. <laughs> I didn't say that. So it turns out there are a bunch of real weird traditions and Christmas characters <laughs> around the world. Um that are celebrated at Christmas time, uh, but often stem from various, like coincidentally enough and ironically enough, from pagan festivals and miscellaneous folklore uh, and the like. And I wanted to read about all of the evil and weird Christmas mm. characters. And so I did. So let me tell you about some of them evil characters. I reckon you've probably heard of a few of them, but I'm going to give you the lowdown. Uh, so obviously, number one, Krampus, which mm-hmm. I assume you've heard of. I think he's probably the most well-known. I think there's also a Krampus horror movie or two as well. And he is, like, depicted as a genuinely evil-looking, like, horned goat devil man. Yeah, it's like all the, the devil stereotypes they just whacked on one Just put thing. it all together and they look super evil. Really uh, creepy. And if you're a kid that's been naughty, then, then you're, like, you're straight in for it. Krampus will find you, beat you, and then kidnap you, take you back to his lair uh, for what one assumes is more beating and torture. That's that's the tradition. That's how it's told to children. I read that uh, he also, his favorite way of killing children is to drown them. Like He just loves, <laughs> he, he puts kids in his burlap sack and throws them in, in rivers. Krampus? <laughs> like, um, come on, my guy. <laughs> my dude. Uh, so the tradition stems from... Austria, Austrian villages and folklore. And oddly enough, I think in the 50s, the government was like, this is probably not healthy. Uh, and they tried to like dumb it down. Uh, but I think it still goes on. So caught on also a lot in like the south of Germany and some other European places. And also weirdly enough, uh, in some places in the US. So in, in the places that celebrate this on Krampusnacht, which is around the 5th of December, uh, you can see a bunch of like real scary looking characters roaming the streets looking for kids to terrorize and there are like photos of people yeah really scary just like genuinely evil and people just dress up at this and roam the streets and and i guess yell at kids which actually sounds really fun i have heard that it has begun to get out of hand though and they keep getting drunk and starting fights (laughs) well you'd expect krampus to do that it's the only way that i could go to that is if you let me get drunk because otherwise (laughs) it would be psychologically scarring yeah it'd be really weird wouldn't it uh, so Krampus is number one Christmas evil character. Number two uh, is the one that stems from Dutch Pennsylvanian tradition, popularized at least for me, potentially for you by Dwight's portrayal of him mm. in the U.S. office. Uh, it is Belschnickel, who is another creepy dude from like Germanic folklore. Belschnickel. Yeah, he says it. Yeah, like that. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and rather than like a horny devil looking dude, he's just like a, he's basically a little, he's basically a hobo. He's a dirty, raggedy, yeah. patchwork, fur clad guy yeah. who also carries a sack. Uh, and probably depending where you read, carried a sack, pockets full of cakes and nuts, 
and a switch. Uh, <laughs> so bad kids get get beaten by the, the, the dirty hobo, and good good kids get the gross, probably dirty pocket cakes. Pocket cakes. I don't. Not even. In, he didn't even have Tupperwares. Just in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even have Tupperwares. Reading the description, there was no fantastical devil imagery. It literally was just None. like he wears tattered clothes. His face is often dirty. It's like just this, like you just got around. a bum. Santa does is slave labor. He's just hired a bum. He's probably paying him like a dollar an hour. Yeah, or less. Yeah, or it's just paying him in dirty pocket cakes. <laughs> so that's Krampus and Belschnickel. I think probably stemming from same kind of folklore. And then we went a little bit north into Scandinavia. There's a few wacky traditions. So I'm just going to go through the key ones. There's Grilla, which is definitely pronounced differently. And she's depicted as a troll or an ogress or a giantess, you know, some kind of grotesque large person, similar to me, who can sense mis- misbehaving kids. And she- so she ventures out into nearby villages, kidnaps them and cooks them and eats them. Hush. So she's also a very serious family lady. Folklore has it. She's been married three times and has 72 children. Whoa. But she eats children. Yeah, I guess hers are, are okay. Uh, but apparently between the 72 kids, they cause anything from mild mischief to straight up murder. Uh, so don't be naughty in Iceland. 13 of her 72 children uh, are called the Jorosveinar, also pronounced differently for sure. Uh, but apparently translates into Yule Lads. Sounds nice. Which sounds like... S- no, it sounds like some frat bullshit. Oh, the you lads! Just a bunch of Christmas Santa shirtless Santa bros. <laughs> With short shorts and like... Bud lights. <laughs> oh, and bud lights. Ew, the you lads. Yeah. Come join our frat, bro. <laughs> Christmas frat? <laughs> Just for the holidays. Yeah. I don't know why they're called that, but they're her troll kids. And they seem to turn up uh, one at a time in the days leading up to Christmas. To keep an eye on the kids and keep them good. And they, they kind of threaten and, and kidnap and carry out some of their mum's work uh, for the naughty kids. But in general, so that's what they used to be. It was a bit darker. Now they're kind of considered as like a fun, general, mischief, mischievous uh, pranksters. Uh, it was recorded somewhere that they're like wildly hilarious. They run around slamming doors. <laughs> and one of them was like, eating the town's supply of yogurt. <laughs> What a prank. This story was written by a town that loves their yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Someone ate it all. What are we going to do? Also, so she has 72 kids. Yeah. 13 of them just like hunt and kill children for their mum. Do the other uh, yeah. 59 just like are like not in the family business? They, they were estranged. <laughs> They're like, mum, I don't want anything to do with this. They're like accountants children. and doctors and- David Bryan, stop slamming the doors and eating the yogurt. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, don't know. Didn't read. I'm sure they've all got their own stories. Like Scandinavian folklore is very uh, rich and detailed. uh, But I didn't read it (laughs) (laughs) because this was not at all rushed. This is the unintelligent podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we only have small bits of intelligence. This isn't the well thought out podcast. Yeah, so, like, there's stories about 13 of her kids, 70, the rest of them, not sure, but a very specific look also at the family pet. So, also living with this, like, kidnapping, murdering crime syndicate in Iceland <laughs> is <laughs> the Yule Cat or the Yola Koturian. Yeah. But in a similar vein, it's just this cat that eats kids. 
So apparently it spawned from a tale or older tradition where kids who finished all of their work and chores would get new clothes for Christmas. Ooh, that's nice. Which is wild. What a gift. But the lazy kids didn't get new clothes. So the Yule cat knew who was lazy and would eat them. And the article I read said, the lazy kids would be sacrificed to the Yule cat. <laughs> it's so I mean, harsh. I, right? We were like, oh, you'll get a little bit of coal. You'll be eaten by a giant feline. Or disemboweled by some haunted-eyed witch. <laughs> some old lady. God. Isn't it ridiculous? What was, what was the, these... the name of that witch again? Uh, Perk? Grilla. G-R-Y-L-A. Because there is... And she... It, Austrian? Icelandic. Icelandic. There is also, I think, like an Italian witch that I didn't write about. There's an read about. Austrian witch called Frau oh, yeah. Perkta. Parkta. Oh yeah. She slits the bellies of it didn't even say naughty children, it said children. I had to find another source <laughs> that said naughty. <laughs> and stuffs them full of straw. Oh. Yeah. Slits the bellies and stuffs them full of straw in order to to I think it's just like a fetish of hers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas fetish. Uh so those are my favorite evil Christmas characters. There's there's one more. It only deserves a mention because I've actually uh, experienced it. Uh, other than that, it's less funny and mostly terrible. <laughs> Great. Yeah. In the Netherlands. It's like our podcast. Uh, <laughs> mostly terrible. <laughs> in the Netherlands, the Christmas tradition is Sinterklaas or Saint Nick, who is accompanied by a group of helpers, the Zwatcher Piet or Black Peters. So in idea, they're cute and fun. They turn up, they pull pranks, they hand out candy to kids. They're kind of like clowny in nature. The problem is they're basically portrayed as black servants or slaves. And traditionally, yeah. we're talking like not even that long ago, people that were doing this in the Netherlands and other kind of Dutch territories would go like full blackface yeah. to be the Zwatcher Piet. And obviously, has been the source of heaps of controversy in the Netherlands Uh you know, in the last few years, and rightly so. But I mention it because it's terrible and it should change. But we used to have it when we lived in Brunei. Dad was with Shell, uh, who are a Dutch company, and there's a bit of a, was a, there was a massive Shell influence in Brunei and obviously a little bit of a Dutch culture. So I vaguely remember St. Nick or Sinterklaas and the Zwachapit coming to school assembly and being clowns hmm. and, like, chucking candy out. And it was, like, a bit scary for children. But also great because yeah. you got candy. Uh, and then you yeah, would leave a that. pair of shoes in the classroom. And overnight, they would fill them with chocolate coins and candy and then hide them somewhere in the classroom. And you'd have to go and find them the next day, which is quite a cool little thing. So it's a great, fun tradition, except for the terrible, terrible racism. That's why that made the list of <laughs> evil Christmas. It's in, in the office, <laughs> talking about Dwight Christmas and Belschnickel. Yeah. He has a sidekick. Mm. Often portrayed in blackface. I read about that. Uh, that scene's been cut from the Netflix version of The Office. Oh, it has not been cut from the NBC Peacock has office it? that we watch. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's Nate that. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, what's the downstairs bit? The warehouse. <laughs> the warehouse worker, and he's like, "Yeah, he's helper." So yeah, similar tradition, similar area of Europe. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any other evil Christmas things, or should I move on to my next tidbit? Uh, do, 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 do. You um, you covered all of them except one, which Ooh. isn't. 
I, I don't think it's technically Christmas, but it is New Year's, which is holiday. Yeah, um, that counts. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Mar- Marie Curie. Lude. Clude. Ulud. Sounds French. Marie Lude. It's Welsh. <laughs> oh, this is in my next list. And carry on. Oh, I only have like one line because I just threw it in there. So if you've got more research about this, like basically freestyle rapping, terrifying horse headed creature that comes to your house. <laughs> I don't know about the freestyle rap bit, but so my next oh, little- Okay, well, I'll, you do I'll that. just cover that, that bit. <laughs> the only thing I really know about him is that he comes to your house and um, will like recite a line or recite poetry at you. Oh. And in order to get him to go away, you have to recite something back. <laughs> That's a rap battle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Christmas rap battle, which we are not going to be doing. Anymore. So, yeah, I blame your people for this entirely. Welsh tradition, Mary Lewid. Uh, we'll ask Sean about the pronunciation later. Apparently, maybe loosely translates either into Holy Mary or Grey Mare. Probably the second one. I think in the south of Wales, you, you just go, you get your lucky horse skull that you have lying out the back. You put it on a stick, put a sheet over it, and then you parade your dead horse skull around the town doing the door knocking. Uh, what I read, it just said singing songs and and having people sing back at you and then eating treats. But uh, I like the rap battle a bit better. Well, the only thing I had before we move on to nice stuff is a lot of these uh, characters are written about as companions of St. Nick. Yeah. It's sort of like his, the, the yang to his, the yang to his yin. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, right. first of all, like, why the fuck does Father Christmas chill with Krampus? Like... <laughs> The North Pole after they're all done, just evil devil hall man sitting next to jolly old Santa having a, yeah. having yeah. a nog. So I tried to do a bit of research on like that relationship, not just him and Krampus, but just like Father yeah. Christmas and evil companions. And, evil. and there was there was one. He was a cannibal who um, <laughs> this is going to go ate well. children and put them in salt barrels to like preserve um, them. Preserve them. Ah. Santa or Saint Nick found him, brought the kids back to life. Oh. And then it says that, I'm paraphrasing, but he hired him and he followed <laughs> Santa around. And it says to deal with naughty children. <laughs> Santa, what the fuck, man? He's just like so forgiving that this like homicidal, homicidal is serial killer is like, you'll be fine. You'll come and deal with the bad children. But, you know, on my terms, just cold, yeah, cold. no salt and dismemberment. Uh, I did. I did read that. I can't remember what he had a name I as well, though. his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing I read that was interesting is basically the story is sort of originates of Santa Claus with Saint Nick, who mm-hmm. was, as far as I could tell, a real person in yeah. Greece. Sure. I read that once his story was becoming more widespread, he was becoming the kind of person who did good and evil. Like he was the complete story, and the church didn't like that one of their saints was oh. good and evil. So they started, I don't know if the church introduced characters or just somehow they were involved in taking the evil and putting it in characters that represented that so he could just be saintly which i thought was interesting lloyd your tree's on fire genuinely scared me (laughs) i really thought you were going to turn around but i forgot you could look at your own i I just looked yeah you want to do it again and i'll snap around (laughs) no it's fine it's it's better when i would have knocked so many things over (laughs) you would have you would have caused the fire it would have been great Lloyd started the fire. It's probably copyright. We can't sing it. All right. Also from the office, though. That's that's what I was getting at. 
so this I, office special? <laughs> the office Christmas special on the unintelligent chat show. So I went from evil Christmas to weird Ooh. Christmas traditions. Because I like even just within families, people have weird Christmas traditions. So in Catalonia, which is uh, in Spain or it's within the Spanish landmass, they don't think they're part of Spain. Anyway, they have two very great poop based oh. Christmas traditions. <laughs> oh, uh, Cagana, which roughly translates to the pooper. <laughs> uh, so apparently, <laughs> yeah, right? It's very good. The pooper. It's, a, it's like a little figurine of a pantsless peasant taking a steamy dump. And it's put in all or lots of displays of the nativity scene. <laughs> so alongside the baby Jesus, there's just some dude taking a dump in the background. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no idea. I didn't get that far. There's no origin story? <laughs> it wasn't explained. I just chuckled and moved on. So yeah, in heaps of Catalonian, Catalan nativity scenes, there's just some dude taking a dump in the background. Uh, and then in a similar vein, they have something called the Cagatio. Or the pooping log, which is a small, just a log that you put like googly eyes and draw a smiley <laughs> face on it. And it lives on the dinner table and you put a little blanket over it and then you feed it fruit and nuts um, throughout like the weeks leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve, you beat it with a stick until it shits presents. Come on, Catalonia. You have such a rich history. <laughs> Genuinely what they do. They, <laughs> they feed this log. <laughs> And then they hit it with sticks and then I think they make the kids go and like pray outside and the adults put presents around as if the loggers shat out their presents. Wow. So my next one was the creepy horse thing from Wales. And now I've got a strong uh, UCSU throwback. A very Kentucky Fried Christmas. Ooh. Yeah. In the 70s. I'll drink to that. There was a just like unbelievably successful ad campaign done by KFC in Japan. And now it's genuinely become a tradition for some Japanese families to have a dirty KFC bucket feast for their Christmas meal. I remember reading that. I mean, KFC is really popular in Japan and the colonel is like like an icon. He's like, his imagery is... Like so much so that you have to make reservations for the restaurant and for delivery orders for your KFC bucket months in advance to get on board with a very KFC Christmas. And like all the KFC stores dress up statues of the Colonel and Santa stuff and it's wild. I lived in Japan for five years and never had KFC on Christmas. And after this, I'm going to call my mother (laughs) and demand explanations. That's because you had amazing Welsh traditions like dead horse heads. (laughs) Yeah, it was so much fun. Mm. Uh, It wasn't deep fried though. (laughs) And then the last one is in the Ukraine, uh, tree decorations. Not just pretty lights like we have. Typically, heaps of spider webs and spider figurines. Not a traditionally Christmas animal. So legend in Ukraine has it that a poor widow and her kids managed to like grow their first Christmas tree from a pine cone. They've been doing it for, I guess, years. Uh, but they couldn't afford any decorations. Uh, and then they woke up on Christmas Day to see the tree covered in cobwebs that magically turned to gold and silver in the dawn light. And they were rich! Well, that's much better. Yeah, gr- like it turned to gold and silver. It didn't stay as spiderwebs, Ukrainians. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess they're hoping that all of their spiderwebs turn to gold and silver. But thought to maybe be the origin of tinsel, which is like sparkly web- webs, I guess, kind of. Which yeah. is kind of cool. You can see that. The last thing I have to talk about is eggnog. Oh, weird... is this your first sip? This is my first nog. 
Uh, How many whiskeys did you put in? This many? That's <laughs> a lot of whiskey. No, no, there's a base on the glass. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> Half I thought that the was glass. like an inch of whiskey. Uh, this is my first uh, nog. It's, do you just get store-bought nog? You don't have some yeah. fancy. Yeah. It you said saw it. Was, it said <laughs> it was right eggnog-flavored UHT milk, and I was like, oh, well, that's pretty traditional, I guess. Good enough. <sighs> mm, festive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's very... It's, I guess it's exactly as I expected it to be. It tastes a little bit like whiskey and creamy, kind of festive. Tastes a little bit like a mince pie in liquid form. Oh, yeah, that could, I could say that. With with whiskey, there's definitely that in there. Yeah. Nom, 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 nom. Eggnog. Why? It seems gross. And also, <laughs> I'm glad we settled on eggnog, though, for the name as, as a race, human race. Uh, previously, it's been called Milk Punch or Egg Milk Punch, which sounds real gross. They're all so bad. Yeah. Nog is like, ooh, it's a bit mysterious. Mm, okay. Christmas. No one knows where eggnog word came from. It's been around for ages. Maybe British origin, 16th, 17th century, maybe an Americanized version. But consensus is that um, the nog part probably comes from an, uh, like a Middle English word, noggin, which is a wooden cup for serving alcohol in or alcoholic beverages, which makes sense. Mm. Rum used to be called grog, I think, especially in the Navy. When, oh, yeah, when it was okay. a ration, like everyone mm. had their ration of grog uh, and you all just drank on the job. Sounds great. And so it was called like grog for the rum and noggin for the cup. So it was like egg and grog, later shortened to eggnog. I could say that. Yeah. It's basically a milky, creamy, sugary, raw egg, spices, vanillary alcohol drink. It's delicious. Uh, and the ingredients of traditional, maybe not this stallboard version, uh is basically just like melted ice cream or, or custard, <laughs> mm, <laughs> which is not like a bad thing. Things. Yeah, right? Just with some like Christmas spices in there. Uh, and that is my weird Christmas traditions that immediately followed evil Christmas characters. Love it. I love you. Oh, I love it too. Ah! <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Uh, oh, no, I don't think so. I think I, I, think I interjected yeah. with what I had to say. Very vibey. I enjoyed it. Uh, a special brand new... Never seen before for the fifth time Christmas segment. Christmas special first time ever fifth time segment stuff. What are we doing, Rob? Hashtag upward tweeting. Hashtag upward tweeting. It's where we tweet people just so much better than us. And so much I hope better. that they'll, you know, maybe just want to hang out with us because, you know, this gets old. <laughs> <laughs> There's two, two reasons that this is extra special. One, we both upward tweeted... <laughs> At someone. Twout, actually. Twout. We twout someone. We both thought of the Christmiest Christmas person we know. Christmoutest, even. The Christmoutest person <laughs> that we know. All right. Well, should I Should I, I read mine first? Yeah. Who did you Christmas tweet in the hope that it'll hang out with us? The Christmasest person that I tweeted at was Macaulay Culkin. <gasps> oh, good Christmas. From Home Alone. Person. Chris Moust, uh, and other things, but mostly from Home Alone and Drug Addiction, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's he seems better now. <laughs> seems good. He's, he he's does, funny. Yeah, he's, he's happy. Uh, yeah. He's on the new season of American Horror Story, which is pretty fun. Mm. Um, so I, I twoot at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we're going to get cancelled by Twitter at this point. <laughs> not even you, mad that you copy, use our copyright trademark. You just did it wrong. I said, oh, man. Macaulay, we're a first name basis. I think that's the way to do this. Definitely. We're recording a special Christmas episode. In honor of Christmas, we're inviting you, the Christmasest person that I can think of, to come chat with us. Yeah, if you right. don't accept, I will rig an elaborate system of booby traps to kidnap you. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so is he, about, is he about to join us? He is not. Who, who, who we got here? Who, who you got? Who's your Christmas? So, because of my IT situation, which no one else needs to know about, uh, I, I don't have Twitter open. So, I'll tell you who I tweeted and then you're going to have to read it for me. <laughs> okay. So, I, I struggled. The only Christmas person I could think of was Father Christmas himself. And although he is incredibly real, I don't think he uses Twitter. He's tough to get a hold of. You'd That's have to write a letter. It would take ages to get there. Take ages. Uh, so, I did not tweet Santa Claus. Um, in line with my learning for the period, I tweeted the... Maybe even not even the original, but the most well-known, the very green Mr. Grinch, Jim Carrey. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, he he is the Grinch. There is an oh, earlier yeah. one, and the, that's that, good. That generation will tell you is the best one. They would. Jim Carrey just like is that the generation. Also, are really into Zwatcha Pete. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat shit that generation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I tweeted uh, the very incredible Jim Carrey, uh, and I want you to p- pay particular attention uh, and make sure you hit all the correct emphasis in reading this one out for us, Big L. All right, <clears throat> I'll try. At Jim Carrey, it's Carriousmas. Good start. <laughs> Nailed it. And we're remembering how the Grinch carried it away from us. <laughs> Would you carry to carry? On the story with us <laughs> at the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast. <laughs> hashtag oh. up. <laughs> what a, there are a couple of hashtags now. I'm really getting into Twitter. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> hashtag Christmas. Hashtag dream. <laughs> hashtag up for tweeting. <laughs> I'm glad that I found that funnier when you read it than when I wrote it. That was thoroughly enjoyable. Oh, um, and that, also, I have no idea if he's replied because um, because of the ITs. What did he say, Lloyd? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was possibly my favorite upward tweet. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, uh, look, it was an inspired moment of last-minute desperation. Uh, yeah, that was good. You got me. Do you keep a track of... Um, I know it's the first time we've done this, but of the previous ones. Do you keep a track of them to see if anyone like late replies us? Oh, if, if I post something four years ago and someone likes or replies to it, I'll get a notification on, on the Twitter. So. On the tweets, twouts, twouts. I don't think we've had a single... In fact, I think my personal Twitter account has liked a couple, but that's it. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the love. On a, a bunch of twouts. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's hashtag upward tweeting. Uh, wildly successful as usual. What did you learn this week slash Christmas period? Santa Lloyd. Santa Lloyd learnt this week. Sounds like a city, actually. Santa Lloyd. It does. Just down yeah. from Santa Monica. I'd live there, Santa Lloyd. That, that implies St. Lloyd <laughs> exists. Oh, yeah. And, it, and that is, definitely hasn't happened. It is I. St. Lloyd. I learnt that Thomas Edison, I think, I think people know him, invented the, the light bulb. I think people are aware who, of that. 
Who that guy? Also invented Christmas fairy lights. Now, I have a bone to pick with you on this one. Wouldn't be the unintelligent podcast if you didn't, Rob. But because of the stupid... I can't find my notes. Can I predict <laughs> your bone? Uh, yeah. Are you going to tell me that it was his business partner that invented it? Yeah, but then I read some more and I think he invented the lights, but his business partner was the first one to decorate a tree. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess I don't really have a, a bone oh, to pick okay. with you. That middle finger, by the way, that was exclusive to uh, the video. So people listening at home, shit. I didn't even see it. Oh. <laughs> Because I've only got one screen. Yeah, Rob's only going to see it when he sees the actual recording. <laughs> when I watch it back. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Explain it to me because I obviously didn't research enough to fully understand it. Because yeah. I just wrote lies, almost, almost lies. Uh, and then you said the thing. So carry on. The very simple explanation. There was like one line below with the, where the fake was. I still don't get it. So, Thomas Edison, famous inventor of the light bulb, invented uh, stringed fairy lights uh-huh. in 1880, and he hung them outside his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey. So, he actually strung them outside and decorated them. Apparently, he was right on a train track, so people that took the train past would uh, see his laboratory all lit up and looking really nice. And this um, is like, I assume because it's Thomas Edison, we're like first electric lights kind of era. Yes, so that that's a big um, big part of the the research I did is that the one of the first things I read is that he decorated his his lab, but it took forty years for it to become for fairy lights to become like a Christmas tradition, and they yeah. made it sound like that's a really long time. But then I was like, he invented a thing, and then forty years later, not just was it utilized, it became a tradition. Like yeah. that's pretty Gosh. impressive. Um, but yeah, this was Tomo. this was a time at the beginning of electricity being used for lighting and mm. people were still doubtful there was a lot of mistrust about it the there was evil electricity there's like um old cartoons from that era of telephone poles with wires and people like strung in the wires like dying and it's like this is your future <laughs> so, <laughs> buy gas yeah <laughs> or kerosene or whatever they were using yeah um oh man so, 40 years, I think, is amazing because the, the telephone had been invented a few years earlier and mm. people could send telegraphs. So, we're sort of at the beginning of information being a little bit more instant. It's not as fast as you can carry it somewhere. Yes. But telegraphs still cost, I think, 10 words was like $65 in today's money. So, it, it wasn't like- what? Oh, man, that's expensive. Why it wasn't like send one? messaging friends and family stuff. So- Information wasn't spreading like wildfire in mm. the way that it does now. So I think it's really impressive for them to have gained popularity like that so quickly yeah. in an era where information wasn't traveling that quickly. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk before we get on to Christmas fairy lights Ooh. about uh, Mr. Thomas Edison himself because he is a fascinating man. He uh, left school at 12. So he was born in Ohio. <laughs> that is uh, early. He left school when he was 12 to work on a railroad. Nice, um, got to make that money. Yeah, and, and he didn't really have formal education. He learnt a lot of what he learnt about electricity and electrical wiring and that technology during the Civil War. He worked as a telegrapher. So oh. He was like a message sender. Also, he was deaf, apparently. I didn't realise he was what? deaf. Yeah, really? he, had, he was really hard of hearing. So when 
Telegraph started being able to send audio, even if it was just like beeps and clicks, when he that happened, he wanted to think of ways that he could stay relevant and not just be mm. obsolete. So he created things or invented things like a printer that would convert those electrical signals into letters like they would type out letters oh damn which is unreal yeah he did go to to school like a university mm. he went to a private school that i have the light for the delightful the name for <laughs> i got lights on the brain lord somewhere harvard cooper union C- cooper Close. union is still around today it's like a private oh, institution for like technological electricians and things and, and like that now he studied chemistry and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, he went to school and learned a bunch of stuff. He was 53 when he went there. He'd already really... invented the light bulb. Damn, just and wanted he... to go learn a little something Then he went back to else. school. Yeah. He invented the light bulb, and it was a problem that people had been, scientists, inventors had been trying to solve for 50 years is how to replace the gaslight because it was mm-hmm. expensive and inefficient. And he invented the platinum filament, which made an electric light bulb really cheap. Sounds more mainstream, even though it was still kind of, it's not like we have today, it was still kind of dangerous and Mm, expensive. mm -hmm. But he invented or had 1,094 patents, which at the time of his death was the world record. The world record now is like 2,300, but it was so many. Stupid corporation. He has 34 patents for the telephone, and I didn't realize this. So Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, Mm -hmm. but it was Edison who essentially made it work. Oh, really? Because he invented a carbon transmitter, which made the speaker louder and clearer, and people actually uh-huh. wanted to use it. So he made the telephone popular. He also invented the battery for the ignition in the Model T. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn it, Thomas. He just Showing did like a bunch of amazing stuff. He died in... 1980, 1980. <laughs> he died <in> <laughs> <laughs> at the ripe old age of 153, having got 26 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> he died in 1931. He was 84, but which that's a long life for you know, a 19th century man. Basically, having yeah. almost single handedly dragged the world into the electrical infrastructure that we know. Yeah, he crushed it. Great yeah. job, Mr. Yeah. Edison. Really cool guy. Hats off. He invented Christmas lights in 1880. Um, mm. In 1882, as per mm. your picked bone, his mm. friend and business partner, Edward <clears throat> H. Johnson. Uh, At the time, the vice president of the Edison Electric Co. So fairly high up, pretty good at his job. Um, he strung together some red and blue lights and wrapped them around a Christmas tree. He was the first person to do that. Yeah. Originally, Christmas trees uh, were decorated with tiny candles. Yeah, I saw that. I, I have a quote here. Uh, Good. It led to many home fires. <laughs> that uh, pretty self-explanatory. But yeah. they were like, yeah, just just like genuine candles, but smaller, uh, with like clips, or even just melted onto the leaves of a proper tree, and just lit. Yeah, leaves super flammable. <laughs> so dangerous, especially when you like, cut down a tree. It gets really dry. Yeah. You'll have a, you've got a real Christmas tree. Yeah, here, right? super dry. I wouldn't put a candle anywhere near that thing. It would go <laughs> up like a fireball. So as I mentioned before, there was still national mistrust of electricity and um, mass adoption was sort of happening. So in 1895, Grover Cleveland, who was president at the time, mm. he 
commissioned his Christmas tree to be lit up with fairy lights, which Ooh. was a big step in people being like, oh, it must be cool if the president's doing it. Um, <laughs> that is not always the case. They must <laughs> not, have liked their presidents anymore. back then. But what I read was the main reason they became mainstream was a city planner slash engineer in mm. uh, a town. <laughs> John, John, nice John Malpiede, mispronounced probably, in 1932 decorated City Hall and a bunch of other town council buildings with fairy lights on the outside. And residents started stringing them along their porches, around the oh, nice. mantles of their door frames. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed into everyone using them. <laughs> snowballed. Great. Uh, I read it a little differently, interestingly Ooh. enough. Hit me. So, like you say, it didn't catch on for 40 or so years, but I read that it caught on in the 20s. Once people started trusting electricity a little more, cost of production of lights had come down and a bloke called Albert Sedaka in a town. So him and his fam popularized it because they had a novelty lighting company store. Uh, and it said that somehow they locked down the market on fairy lights until the 60s. So I don't know if the people you're talking about bought their lights from this dude. <laughs> yeah, they must have. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah. like, great job. Uh, and just on that, uh, talking about the costs having come down. Apparently, it's thought to have lit up a tree with fairy lights like we do every year at the moment in 1903. Oh, so yeah, I read that as in well. In between, yeah. It would have cost the equivalent of $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now it costs us all of like 10 bucks in some cheap hardware store. Because we can just buy a string of lights that are wired and just plug them mm. into our pre-wired homes. But uh, if they wanted to decorate their Christmas tree, they had to have an electrician come in and do the wiring. And it was just Thomas. He was busy. <laughs> yeah. That statistic is from 1903. That's the year that GE started selling pre-assembled Christmas light kits. Oh, So that's another big step is where normal people could afford them. Because before it was just, it said either rich people or people who were electrically minded. That's wild to think that was only a little bit over 100 years ago. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind that Edison died in the 30s. And that's yeah. that's the 20th century. Like, that's not that long ago. And he's the inventor of the light bulb. <laughs> what a hero. Yeah, so Thomas Edison, inventor of fairy lights, and Edward Johnson, put, putter of lights on Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as exciting. That's the that's the reason he was only the vice president. He only thought of ways to put lights places. Yeah, and that, that uh, company, the Edison Electric Company, is, hmm. I this might be common knowledge, Kim knew this but mm -hmm. uh is now ge is it general yeah. electric yeah he um so another company he did dc direct current for his light bulbs another yes. inventor um started selling light bulbs in ele using electricity in ac and was starting to dominate the market so he merged the edison electric company with another company and they formed general e electric which is still killing it today damn which I thought was Thomas. really cool. Yeah. He'd be so rich. Ooh, I have uh, some Thomas Edison facts. And I have oh, I have some... His net some, worth? I have some wealth statistics. But do you want to hit me with some offshoots before I do my facts? Sure. Uh, so I went immediately to... <laughs> you're keeping it quite intelligent. I'm keeping it the opposite. Dumb Christmas inventions. Love it. 
and we're talking like things that have made it into the patent pile. <laughs> that <laughs> the works. Patent <laughs> register. The patent like pile place. And uh, there's a few. <laughs> it's like because I think to register a patent, you don't need to have designed and invented something. You can just do up like a little sketch and write a description and be like, I patent this. So there's like illusion of Santa Claus on your roof kit. It's like a, a Wi-Fi thing and a motion sensor in your phone and the laptop and a remote. And it makes all sounds and lights as if Santa's there coming down the chimney, which is like just so much effort. Um, How much would that cost to like put in your home? Uh, it's patent Lloyd. They haven't done any real. Yeah, they haven't made it. <laughs> they've just drawn a crappy, shitty drawing and put numbers on it saying, here's the radio part. What you're come telling on. me is that we should come up with a UCSU patent. We should come up with as many as we can in the hope that someone actually invents one and we can get rich. <laughs> uh, you can get uh, this This patent was for a little watch worn by your child. And do you have an app on your phone? And uh, if they're good, you can like award them points on their little watch to increase their behavior score. And I guess the idea is that it's Santa doing it. That's so uh, Black Mirror. Right? <laughs> I hate that. Just tell your kid they're doing a good job. Apparently, people have a problem with taking a sneaky peek at their presents on Christmas before they open them. And this patent suggests using a portable time-locked container, which is just a safe that you put the presents in. (laughs) But it unlocks on Christmas. Yeah, with a timer. Like, come on. No, half the fun for kids is, like, shaking a present. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to read my favorite one last. I got a couple other ones. There's some, like, genuinely good idea ones about like self-extinguishing Christmas trees. Like even like you say, we don't put candles on Christmas trees anymore, but hot lights and very dry trees uh, yeah. lead to house fires. I think it's like a well-known thing that you got to watch out for fire. I think I read that um, in the US emergency services get called to maybe 200 house fires a year as a result of Christmas trees, yeah. which sounds like a lot on one hand, but also compared to the number of people in Christmas trees, also not that many. Yeah. So it's like a star that goes on top of the tree and down the middle of the tree, you put like a water tube. So if something were to catch fire, the star would burst and douse the tree with water. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, pretty smart. And uh, the star also, a smoke detector is another alternative, different patent. Christmas ornaments that have a little watering system in them to keep the tree alive. (laughs) That's cool. My two favorite crap inventions. All right. GB2465026 from 2010. A Christmas party cracker. Let me finish. The only UK entry uh, on this list of crappy Christmas inventions. It's a DIY patent application to achieve the grant of a patent with what is believed to be our record shortest patent claim. A cracker having at least three arms. And it is a drawing of a three-armed cracker. (laughs) Wild. So three people can pull it at the same time? Yep. It's the first Christmas three-way. I doubt it. The first. (laughs) We don't know. It's the first UCSU Christmas three way. Yeah. Uh, So I enjoyed that because it was so simple and stupid. And my other favorite one. I still still have questions of the drawing. Oh, is it a normal cracker that they've added a bit to, or is it they all come into together? So it's like, it looks like, uh, you know, how cracker's got the fat bit in the middle, then the crinkly bit, and then the bit you hold. Yeah. It's like. The bit you hold, crinkly bit, fat bit, and the three fat bits are joined. So it's like three half crackers joining ah, in the center. Cool. So exciting. I'm going to find you one and buy you one. They're not really big in the US crackers, which is crazy to me. Yeah, we have enormous ones here. 
<laughs> I got him. I'm so warm. I'm so full of brandy. <laughs> what time is it? Uh, it's not. It's just gone. Christmas time. <laughs> uh, so that was my second favorite and my first favorite. I don't even know how or, or why. <laughs> Good start. In this, so this is from another a list uh, on our, that I found. And I'm just going to read it because I, I don't think I could describe it better. And this is on a list of Christmas patents. It reads thus. In this final patent, CN16339048A, <laughs> a conventional wind chime doesn't look very Christmassy on initial inspection. And then there's a like quite bad sketch of a wind chime. It's got a, a hook and a hangy thing, some things hanging down that kind of look like chimes and like hand drawn. So other drawings for patents are like kind of engineering-y, straight lines and stuff. This is like a genuine napkin sketch. <laughs> <laughs> However, the abstract of the patent reveals all. And here we are direct quoting. <laughs> Disclosed is a wind bell. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Disclosed is a wind bell sausage characterized in that an upper hanging disc is connected with a wind bell downward through flexible wires. The wind bell is a metal tube, figure three, in, inlaid with dried pork sausage, figure four. The sausage is enclosed in transparent paper. The beneficial effect of the sausage is that it can be used for special situations such as party, banquet, Christmas celebration, <laughs> and birthday celebration. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so it's a wind chime with the steel bits hanging down with sausage, sausage stuck in the steel <laughs> bits. And it bonks together and you got sausage for, for parties and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was reading these on the train, just like having a little chuckle with these some kind of amusing Christmas inventions. This will be good for the podcast. Bam! Sausage wind chime. <laughs> it, it got me solid on the train. They have to... It must be like they muffle the sound, but then... Then you take the sausage out. Wind chime. <laughs> put, put anything <laughs> else in there. Why does it have to be a pork sausage? Because it's a Christmas sausage wind chime patent, Lloyd. <laughs> God! <laughs> and and I couldn't I couldn't read anything after that. That's it. I'm done. So they, fill me in on what else you've got. Do they have uh, information on the people that submit the patents? Can we contact ooh, them? Uh, ooh, no, this one doesn't. But you can. It gives you a patent number, so I'm sure you can look it up. Let's get them on the podcast. Oh, I want to know more about your sausage. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I will. Uh, I'll follow up. All right. I got a couple of Edison facts. Mm. Not Some Christmassy, back, but, but they're back Edison. To being intelligent. Yeah. Ugh. Edison came up with a mining ore company venture that failed. Really? Oh, good. He's not good at everything. He had shitloads of sand left over. Uh-huh. So he made a cement company and then sold that cement to New York City, who then built Yankee Stadium with Thomas Edison's cement. What? Which no, is pretty cool. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's wild. He's amazing. Uh, he had the first talking doll, like, you know, oh, yeah? pull the string and they go, to infinity. Um, <laughs> except he, they had like those little wax cylinders. And apparently yeah. when you shrunk them down and then gave them to kids, they just, it took like three uses and then they stopped working. But there's oh, some damn. audio recordings of them 
singing oh. um, children's songs, and they're unbelievably creepy. I was going to say, are they super creepy? So creepy. One of the uh, creepiest things I've ever heard. Oh, damn, Thomas. Also, the first copyrighted motion picture in the US Ooh. made by Thomas Edison. No. It was a How man. he'd be good at everything? It was a man. Well, he also has patents for film cameras. After the light bulb, that was his like passion was um, motion pictures and camera. But apparently he had a falling out with Hollywood and like bailed. Bit of a light bulb moment, though. Cause um, of electricity. So his first, or the first in the US copyrighted motion picture was of Fred Ott, who worked at his laboratory, sneezing. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it wasn't something serious. Yeah. He, wow, he has a little um, snuff. I don't even know what snuff is, but it's like really big in the 19th century. So I don't know. Is, was it just cocaine? Some... <laughs> <laughs> no, Lloyd. It's more acceptable than cocaine. It's cocaine in a small pot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably some. No, it's probably some kind of tobacco leaf, something or other. Yeah. Um. He like put a bit up his nose and then sneezes. It's like six <laughs> seconds long. I've seen it. It is. It is quite cool because we see photos and not that many videos of like the 19th century. It's all very mm. serious. It was kind of funny yeah. just seeing a See guy in 18 something <laughs> sneezing. Like it was just interesting. Just doing a little pranky prank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have Thomas Edison's net worth at time of death. Ooh, okay. So he died in... 1931. I have both 1931 money and its equivalent value in today. Okay. I'm going to start with 1931 money. Okay. US doubloons. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh he did a lot of stuff and it sounds like he monetized a lot of it as well. He wasn't just inventing for the good of the people. Yeah, I read a quote that as well as being an excellent inventor, he was also commercially very savvy. Yeah, business mm-hmm. man. Uh I reckon in 1931 at the time he was worth ah uh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One million US dollars at the time, equivalent okay. of one point six billion. Whoa, <laughs> you went way down and way up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nineteen thirty-one, he had a net worth of twelve million. Okay, and that is worth today about two hundred and twenty million. Oh, is that it? I really thought it would be more. Yeah, I read that and I was like, "Wow, he's done really well." Two hundred twenty million, and then I was like, "He invented the fucking light bulb. He invented everything." Yeah, Apparently. he worked on the Model T. He made the telephone better. Yeah. I Maybe he just surprising. worked on the Model T as a favor. Um, he was That was the top 400 richest people in the world at the time. Okay, not too so, bad. Decent. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrap. See you all later. Uh, did, you, did you learn nothing more about Mr. Thomas Edison? Nope, I ended on his net worth. Mm. Mm-hmm. You got some stuff? No. That's the end of the episode. We did it. We did it. Christmas special done. Yeah, that's probably all we have time for. I think I think it's time to eat mince pies. It's almost nine thirty. I might <laughs> I might have some water. <laughs> we we talked about uh, Christmas folklore traditions and inventions and science. Nailed it. We've knocked it. We've knocked it right out of the park. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a nog. Not only is this a Christmas special, this is our season finale. The season finale. This summer over in America, <laughs> coming to a platform near you. 
The Unintelligent Chat Show Podcast. With Rob and Lloyd, day drinking, facts, it's fun. Season one. We hope if you've got this far, you enjoyed it. Um, I've had an excellent time. Yeah. Have have you had a good time? I had so much fun. Uh, So season two will kick off in an indeterminate number of weeks once we get our literal and figurative shit together. We're on Twitter at the UCS pod and... (laughs) We're on in email at, not at, it's it's the UCS podcast at gmail.com. This is getting silly. Did you say the socials already? I wasn't listening. Yeah, while you were stuffing your Santa bauble into your mouth. <laughs> Christmas. Uh, yeah, oh. I said them. It's done. The, the podcast ended like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the si- other side. Have a good Christmas, which is probably weeks ago. Hooray. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Cheerio.